Hello and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield University in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews that we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. Right. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here at the Black Walnut Inn in Dundee with Ryan Hannaford. It's July 28th, 2020. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, first question for you, most important question for our purposes is why grapes? Why wine? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, the overall challenge of it um, is, 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 is awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I like those challenges. Um, you know, it's 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 also I, I started uh, like um, um, two sides of my family, uh, my grandparents, and that they had a um, they owned a country club. Now it ain't, wasn't fancy. Don't, don't worry, uh, <laughs> didn't come from money, that's for sure. Um, but uh, but it was really really cool that um, you know my um, my mum's side of the family, who I was very close with, um, you know, we had you know my my dad was the manager, you know, my pop was the owner with my nana and. You know, I had mum in this, as the secretary. My other herd sister, or my auntie, was um, you know behind the scenes. My chef, the chef was uh, the uncle, my uncle, and um, you know uh, the, my other uncle was a barman. And it was kind of like really, um, uh, uh, <laughs> I always sometimes refer to it as like an Italian kind of um, uh, thing. So that w- it was really cool. And my sister was a waitress. I was the dish pig. You know, it was it was, it was you know so it was really cool. And and um, you know so I always grew up. With that, um, you know, it was a fine dining establishment as well. So, um, you know, having that um, was, I think, a really big part of my life. I think, um, and you know, so every, I mean, gosh, while all the kids were playing at school, me at uh, for holidays and vacations, I was working, grinding away, and so on and whatnot. Um, we also uh, parents had a citrus property. Uh, it was relatively um, uh, small. I think it was 30 hectares. So it was, it was, it was a good size, and um, it was a citrus. So, you know, and then as you grew, you know, you bounced between the two and um, from tractors and um, farming and being outdoors and the challenges of that. And, um, you know, it was really, it was really great. Like, um, it was such a, a, a great experience and, and a really good upbringing to sort of be, you know, two completely different um, polar opposite ends of, of, of some industries. And, you know, I sort of, um, as, as I grew with that, um, it, uh, um, you know, it, it come to me, but it didn't come to me too a lot later um, because, uh, you know, I, I, well, I was a bit of a naughty kid at school. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, um, those who know me well pretty much can see that straight away. So I actually got sent to boarding school uh, in uh, Adelaide. So, um, you know, it was kind of interesting, you know, then, um, so I got moved out to Adelaide and, um, you know, I was, Adelaide's quite a you know, food scene and, and stuff like that too. Um, and. Uh, you know, from Adelaide, um, you know, I did, you know, my high school and, and after that I took, you know, five years off. I travelled the world and tried to figure out what the hell am I going to do, you know. So, um, and it's funny because uh, it's, I actually met my girlfriend and my, my wife um, uh, when I was travelling through Europe and, and, and whatever. And, you know, it was, it, it was great and it, it took me five years to try to figure out what I really wanted. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, I started thinking, um, you know, I love the farming, I love the challenges, I love, you know, trying to understand, um, you know, 
the farming aspect, and it's oranges, right? I mean, it's nothing, you know, it's, it, it's an orange, right? I mean, there's a few things that, you know, you, you have to try to um, prevent or, or in, you know, encourage or, and stuff like that. And then you had the hospitality side that I was doing a lot of waitering, serving and, and stuff like that too. And, and all through my years of traveling, I, you know, I lived in Canada, I was serving there, I was doing, always in the hospitality industry. So, you know, and then, you know, obviously with that wine came in and, um, um, and, and, you know, I did quite a few harvests over in Western Australia and um, it was just such a, a unique challenge, you know, and, and uh, when I started going into the grape side of things, um, it was like, hey, so you, you see that you, you bring these things up, uh, you know, these, these vines up and, and, and at the end you, you, you make it into wine and you get critiqued, you know, like, it's kind of cool, right? It's not just like, here, have an orange, you know, or... Um, so that was just really, really cool, and, and so, um, and it's just fantastic for, for, for where I'm now, because now I'm doing both, you know, like, so really um, in the vineyard and, and now making our own wines. I think that's, um, and I, you know, I, I put uh, a lot of pressure on myself just because I'm very competitive with myself. Uh, always want to try to be better and, and, and stuff like that. So I think, um, it's kind of it's kind of why I got into wine, you know. It's um, you hit so many different elements, and and you know on that you have the social side of things, where it's you know everyone's laughing, having a good time. It's it's such a it's a great experience, and and, and you know meeting great people, and um, yeah, it's a it, it's a good thing. So what point in, at what point in your travels did that start to become something you you thought about, and then when you when you decided farming grapes sounded interesting. Where, where did you, you said mentioned Western Australia? Mm. So where did you head first? Um, so, uh, um, I say that again. Sorry. <laughs> uh, at what point, like, did you did did farming grapes sort of become something you were interested in, and, and where did you start? How did you kind of enter into the industry? Oh well, I think um, the grapes. Are, my brother-in-law, uh, he has um, well, he was a winemaker over in Western Australia. And, you know, part of my, you know, getting rid of my silly beans, um, you know, I, I drove over across the Nullarbor and with my sister actually and, um, and, and landed and, you know, he sort of, hey, do a harvest with us and, and whatever. So it was, uh, um, uh, that was when I first started playing with grapes um, a bit, but actually funny enough, uh, um, <laughs> uh, when I was very little, I had, uh, I, um, uh, you know, my family, friends, I had to help out. Um, uh, you know, when it was harvest time in, in the Riverland, and that's where I'm from, and it's a very bulk industry, right? And I remember, I don't even think I was 10 years old, but my job, all the grapes got picked into big trucks, right? And so, and these trucks just dumped it into a massive hopper, right? And my job as a little kid was to climb up and put water in the back of the, <laughs> back of the truck to make it heavy. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know? Like, and now I look back, I said, you cheeky buggers, you know, like what? So that was my first experience. Not a very good one, not one I like to brag about, but it's pretty funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, but uh, when I went to uh, um, uh, West Australia, that's when I, you know, started, you know, I was harvesting, so we were on mechanical harvesters, and, you know, it was really, that was like in 2000, uh, early 2000s, and, and actually, it was crazy, I, my first time driving a harvester in, in there was, uh, um, I was to literally dump, because the wine market just went really bad. And um, my job was to train on that harvesting machine to dump grapes on the ground. And it was like a hundred and something ton I did. You know, that's, that's my training experience. But, you know, and um, I, with my brother-in-law, Jono, um, it, was, it was 
it was kind of interesting, you know, he was, it was kind of um, a big part of all of this. And, um, you know, I was like, hey, why would you want to get into this industry? You go, hey, sometimes the best time to be in an industry is at the worst time. And that probably stuck with me for a long time. And I was like, you know, that's a good point. And, um, but, you know, since then, you know, after that, I, um, you know, that's when I traveled around. And, um, you know, that's when, uh, um, uh, you know, things, you know, seeing different cultures and, um, being with different languages and, and, and being with different people and um, was, you know, everything came together and, and you know, it took me five years but uh, so then, you know, I was in uh, Toronto because um, uh, at that point I was, I was with my, um, my wife now and I couldn't get into America so I lived up there and, um, you know, so, um, you know, I was, I was actually a rickshaw driver for a while, <laughs> funny enough, but uh, um, so, you know, I got by, right? <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, and then I, I applied uh, in Toronto for um, a mature age student at Adelaide University, which I certainly wasn't mature, but I, I got in somehow. Um, so that was that was um, um, that was kind of where it all started, and 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 then you know I did my uh, my time there, and um, there was a chance, there was an option of where I, I could have gone to um, another university, but you know you work and then you studied online and stuff like that but um you know again i went back to my brother-in-law and he's like look you know it's just better just get it done you know like and then you, you your university life is is, is kind of interesting and fun and you meet new people and 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 people that you're always with and you know what like a couple of those guys might that i went with the university with you know my uh, grooms in my wedding you know so it's really cool um that we and we we're very 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 close so um yeah that's kind of where Things, things, things landed out. Tell me about the the process of actually learning, of learning what you do, of learning the skill. Was it was it mostly kind of was it mostly book taught? Was it mostly reading? Was it mostly just doing? How did you kind of acquire the, the skill, and how did you sort of figure out what did you what you wanted to do with it? Um, you know, I think you know there is a lot to be said for um, for university, even though I probably don't say that out loud much, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it teaches you to think in a, in, a, in, a different, in a different way on how to solve problems. Sometimes I was like, am I even learning anything here? But you actually are. And, um, you know, so, so that was a, that, that's, a, that's an important part. And, and it's a, uh, you know, Adelaide was a very scientific university. And I'm definitely not a scientific guy, if you can tell. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, you know, and, and then once you start, you know, working on vineyard, like, and then when things start becoming, you know, your responsibility, you know, um, uh, you know, talking to people and being with people who are not like, you know, from winemakers to vineyard managers and stuff like that in the valley and your experiences and, and you know, like that is, that's a huge part of it, um, a huge part, because there's something to be said about, you know, learning something in a book or, or whatever and then actually physically doing it um, and being responsible and, you know, you have to try to go to sleep at night, um, you know, like, um, right now, you know, you're always worried about ah, mildew or, or, or something like that, um, cropping levels. Um, but you know, I think over time, it, you get more and more comfortable, I guess. And I think that's, um, I think that's really valuable and, and um, that experience. And, and you know, when you you see these vineyard managers or, or winemakers that have been, you know, Christum and have been around for so long, God, that's it's just really cool to, to know um, you know, the ins and outs of everything, your wines, your vineyards, um, is really, really cool. 
Um, so yeah, and being connected with um, great, great people. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to um, you know work for some um, good companies. Well, great wine making, and um, you know they were they were a good company. Um, you know, I learned a lot. Um, I was uh, worked with you know Dominique Lafon, who was just who was just a mentor to me. Who was just just a great, great bloke, like just solid. You know, uh, I learned a lot, and um, you know. And, and with people surrounding him and, and, and my close friends, and it's funny enough, we all kind of worked for the same person at one point. You know, the Ken Paolo's, the Tomas, the, you know, Will Hamilton, the, you know, all of the, you know, the whole crew, right? Um, you know, we, we talk a lot we, and we always want to, we're all driven to be better and better. And um, I've changed my, the ways I farm a lot, mm -hmm. um, trying to adapt to the climate as well. And, mm -hmm. You know, and, and one thing I always um, talk to our crew is that, look, guys, we're not we're not growing grapes. Like we're not, we're making wine. Like it doesn't don't think of it like that. You know, um, sometimes the prettiest cluster or the prettiest vineyard, the greener vineyard, is not going to make the best wine, right? So let, let's try to uh, understand. You know, work backwards and try to uh, go that way. So how did you get to Oregon? What 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 brought you here, and what sort of intrigued you about being in Oregon? Uh, Oregon actually came um, uh, when when I was at university. Actually, um, my uh, my very close friends we all worked um, uh, uh, at a, in a, a bottle shop as well as I did, you know, vineyard work and stuff like that too. But um, you know, had to pay the bills. And um, <laughs> when you start buying burgundies when you're in university with no money, you <laughs> you know. Well, you kind of look out elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So um, th there's a fascination to me with um, Chardonnay and Pinot. Um, I, I, you know, I think they're one of the hardest to grow, and so that's just my inner competition of myself of, God, I can do this. I, you know, I can do. You know, and um, uh, so you know, besides not having any money and really liking Pinot and Chardonnay, um, and you know, Burgundy was just really cool. <laughs> Um, you know, we looked elsewhere and of course, you know, New Zealand and, and, and that didn't interest me as much and, and we started bringing some, um, bring some wine over from America in Oregon and I'll never forget, it was Christum, you know, the Mount Jefferson um, and uh, that was, uh, it, we, we popped it open at work and we're like, shit, this is really good, like, this is really good. And um, you know, so then we go back, we work through the price points, and 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 we it was just it was like this is it, this is there, there's something here, there's something here, and you know, and it's showing that in, with my mind too. My um, my wife is American, and um, uh, but she's actually from DC, so um, it was a opposite side of the thing. Um, so then, yeah, we looked more and more. We we purchased more wines coming in, and. Um, and, and, and then at the end of um, my degree, um, I was like, you know what, let's go, let's, let's get over there, you know, like, I really believe in this, I, I, there is something unique and special about this area, like this is just um, beautiful, um, and um, you know, the tannin structure, the, the, the fruit, the, I mean, Oregon fruit, it's, you know, very beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, we, we um, in fact, I actually had to do, in, in order to get to the US with my, um, to get a visa, I had to come over here before my degree finished and apply and it was just crazy. So I had to actually do my final exams over in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and that was, that was, that was just, that was funny. Um, but we did it and then, um, and then I lived with uh, my, um, 
uh, my in-laws, well, my girlfriend's mum and dad at that time, and, and they're just wonderful. Crazy. They're, they're crazy. Like, he's a military guy, you know, colonel. Um, her mum used to work for Pan Am, and she's just, like, they're just wonderful people. Like, they're just, 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 I, I, I really enjoy hanging out with them. And, but they're a lot, right? <laughs> I was like, man. You know, I think I was like living there two months, you know, sort of thing. And there's only so much washing their car or, you know, cleaning their gutters that you can do. And, and I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Let, I want to go over, I've got to go over to Oregon. I'm going to check it out first. And this was 2009. And so the financial crisis, you know, was um, pretty sad, you know. And um, I was like, look, you know, Betsy, um, my wife says, you stay here and I'll, I'll head over there. I'll check it out and, you know, I'll meet people and, and see what it's like. And so I flew over here in December and I was like, oh shit <laughs> this is interesting um and but it was really important for me not to um get into the industry just yet i needed to know people so i was like um i i i um you know because of hospitality background i went around to restaurants and and i wanted to you know um just get a waiting job or whatever oh my gosh i i, I think i had like a hundred resumes and i had a really good resume of like you know serving people i had a you know i got many certificates in australia for uh serving like silver service and stuff like that which which was uh gosh i wouldn't remember any of that stuff now but um but no everyone was like sorry no 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 sorry and it was one guy and i went to andina restaurant and uh it was really cool actually the the um jules his name was uh he was a kiwi and he looked at my thing, and, and meanwhile, uh, because I think they had regime, like, uh, an opening interviews, it was um, every Wednesday at whatever time. Anyway, so I was sitting there, and like, I was just talking to the people around me, and they're like, oh, I'm a lawyer, and you know, I can't find a job, and blah, blah, blah. And it was just so, you know, I was like, oh man, I, was like, I ain't got no chance, you know? And anyway, they called me up, and so I went downstairs with Jules, and he looked at it, and he goes, okay, Ryan, what, who is the most famous cricket player I said, shit, Don Brappen. He's all right, you start tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. Um, and I was like, um, you know, me being classic Australian, you know, I had no money and I was like, oh, I have no pants. I had, because it was black, you know, uniforms. I was like, shit, Banana Republic. Like, oh my God, I just spent $80 on like a pair of like slacks, you know, and then some shoes and whatever. So anyway, I busted it back in and then, and then got a job there. And, um, that was actually really, really, I mean, everything in life, I think there, there's, a, there's a great portion of timing, you know, and, um, and it was, uh, um, uh, and I, during this, when I was working busing tables, that's all I did, I just bus tables, and like, I, at home, I was researching everyone. Like, it's so funny, like, we've moved houses a couple of years ago, and anyway, I had a, a, a one-inch, one, a one-inch um, pile of papers that I wrote down everyone in this industry. Like I was just so determined and just so I needed, I need to understand everything. I need to find them again. But you know, I even went into like you know, the kids that you know like you. Know, so I got a clear idea, you know, because I, I was very specific on on who I wanted to work with. I think the first gig, um, especially in a different country and stuff like that, can set you up. Um, and uh, it was funny, like uh, um, um, uh, a gentleman walked in and, um, and uh, it was Jim Bernay from, you know, um, Willamette. And I was like, I know this guy because of all my research and, you know, like, <laughs> I'm mental, I'm crazy, you know. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get meet him. Anyway, he wasn't even in, out in the area I was, I was in. Anyway, <laughs> so I just said, oh, bugger it. I'm going to go down and deliver bread to him. And I knew that... You know, as soon as, you know, my accent and, you know, they, everyone always asks me, oh, where are you from, or whatever, and sure enough, it hit. 
And uh, he goes, well, what are you doing here? And I told him the story. I, you know, I believe in this area. I, I, I'm obsessed with it, and, and I'm here to learn, and, and I want to, you know, try to get a job and whatever. And and he's like, he gave me his business card. Ryan, you come see me. And uh, so I, I went down and saw him, and and uh, he already had um, someone for uh, the job. But he was like, look, you need you need to get in touch with this guy, Sterling Fox, and um, you know, and there was Alan Holstein, and, and all the you know the the classics. Um, and so I, I did that. One thing led to another, and you know, I met um, Alan, and Alan said, "Ah, oh, you mean to meet Sterling?" And I was like, "This Sterling guy, you know." And uh, so I met Sterling, and then um, um, and I sat down with him, and um, you know, and um, yeah, he was like, "Look, I, I do have one job, and, and it was at Evening Lane Vineyards." And I was like, "I had no," because it was relatively new at that point. I was like, okay, cool. And then so I did my research, and, and I was like, okay, so they've got Dominic Lafon. That's that's crazy, and you know, um, really interesting. So, yeah, I um, uh, then I met Isabel Munier, the the winemaker there, and um, we got off really well. And 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 um, and then yeah, I think being in the right place at the right time was just really key. And you know, I think there's a huge luck to that too. Um, and so, yeah, but mind you, I mean, I, I've got to find those papers again because it was, it was incredible at how much I, I, was, I was driven to, to know and understand things. And, um, and now it's so funny that I can see some of those people and I'm like, now I know this person really well, like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, so, um, but yeah, that went to uh, Evening Land and then, um, so, um, I, I stayed there, um, for a year, my visa was for a year and, and, uh, and anyway, then they offered me the job um, to manage the following year, and um, we did really, really well. And, and um, just an amazing crew, like the, the, the guys. Um, and, and you know, ever since then, you know, um, so half of them stayed. Uh, we, I don't know why they wanted to come with me, but uh, maybe they're forced to, I guess. Um, but uh, Rocky is uh, my my lead guy. Just, just an amazing, amazing person. This guy's got the green thumb. Just uh, fantastic. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, we, we, we busted it out there and I stayed there I think for five years and, um, and it was just made some great wines and I learnt so much and, um, and, and that's when I met you know, some really key industry people that I know today and, and who become really good friends with, you know. Um, and so yeah, it was, um, you know, Oregon was is just, I, I'm obsessed with it. I, I just, I just just really believe in this area. I think there's so much to offer here, and um, you know, I think you know, alongside with the, the the you know, Chardonnay and Pinot in general, like it's challenging to grow, and then you have you know the, the northwest climate, and that's a challenge in itself. And mm. and then you know you get to try those wines uh, from that vintage, and everything every year is so different, and and you know you always you're always trying to keep up and trying to. Um, you know, do better and understand what to do, what not to do, to change this element, to change that uh, in, in your farming, um, whether it's a warm season, dry, you know, wet, um, and yeah, it's, um, so th that's kind of, that's kind of where um, I got into, into it. Um, um, and then after that I went to um, chapter 24, um, um, which was, uh, it, it was an incredible experience because um, at that point we had, um, uh, like there was, we didn't manage any vineyards, and uh, so I was the viticulturalist, and um, and so you know I would go out to other vineyards, and a lot of them I inherited because uh, Mikey Etzel was there first, and it was really interesting, and so it was kind of a jump start of he knew you know good vineyards, and so I, I took that in, 
And, uh, and so I think I was working with 32 growers and we had like 80 something blocks and 80 something ferments and you know, um, it was like, it was a very short time that I learned a lot, you know, and um, just dealing with, and, and these vineyard growers and winemakers were just awesome. Like I met some really, really great people from all over the valley. Uh, I spent a lot of time in my truck driving to and from and whatever. and. Um, and then I mean, just because probably because I'm, I'm an idiot, but so I was like, nah, I want to farm, you know, I want to do that. And so in 2015, um, this is when I found this place, Black Walnut, and um, that was incredible. And and at the time, Neil Arts and Karen, who owned that previously, um, you know, they it was hard to sell grapes, and you know, there's there's not a lot of money in in in, in that industry, and in, in, in just selling it and stuff like that. And and on textbook, I was like, I want high elevation. You know, we come off of years like 12, 13. Well, it was warm, but we had problems, right? You know, 14. And, so, and it, there was a trend of getting warmer. So I was like, okay, I want high elevation. I want east facing. I want all these sorts of, you know, um, things that could be really, really interesting. Uh, and then Black Warner, I mean, we're 950 feet here. Um, and uh, east and south. Um, and so I was like, oh man. And so, um, so we leased it from him. And then, and then I went to another vineyard. And well, actually, they reached out to me um, in Eola Amity, Dubai Vineyard. Um, incredible, just just uh, older vines too, which is really cool. Five and a half feet spacing, beautiful, like, awesome. Um, and then you know another one, Les Stevens around the corner, and um, uh, Stardance, which is way out in the coast ranges. So I started farming all these things, right? And so we're like, we've got a lot of grapes now, you know, uh, which was what they wanted. Uh, but that was, um, uh, you know, working every single vineyard was so different. And so, you know, it was, it was a very fast track on how much and how quickly I had to learn. Now, whether I did it right or, or not, and I'm always trying to get better every year, um, but uh, geez, I, I learn a lot. And, and the potential, what we have and how different things are here is just incredible. After all the, the kind of learning you had done and, and all the kind of preparation you had done for Oregon, what was your first impression of Oregon, uh, the vineyards and, and of the people, of the, of the, wine, and the wine industry specifically? Um, you know, I think on the vineyard side of things, um, you know, I think we were undercapitalized. Um, uh, so, you know, in Australia, like our minimum wage is, is very high, you know, and, um, and, and here it's, it's relatively low. but. You know, I've never, never in my life did I ever see anyone hand hedge a vineyard. I'm like, what in the hell? I was like, ah, this ain't happening, you know, right? And, um, you know, and so, um, um, you know, and, and I remember I was with Sterling and he was showing me the sprays and, and um, uh, the implements and stuff like that. And I was like, man, this is like 1970s in Australia, you know, like we could, we can capitalize, like we can, you know, if, if we, if we had the money to, you know, get over the row stuff and, 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 and technology and stuff like that. Um, we could really, really take this to another level. Um, Winemaking side, it was like, you know, in these plastic bins and there's still so many, I did it last year, you know, and um, it was just the potential. I was like, if we could do it, you know, if we could have um, more money into the vineyards to spend on equipment and stuff like that, and you know the technology um, and in, in I learned a lot at uh, Eveningland because they had some great equipment in there uh, in the winery. 
Um, so that was that was a that was a really big, um, really big thing mm -hmm. I think. Um, and you know the fruit expressions and um, in, in the wine is 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 just so apparent. It's really really good. Um, and then you know and it's funny like now a lot of people say ah there's too much fruit and how you tone that back and how, you know the sort of things that you do you can try to do in the vineyard to to, to make that happen. And uh, I mean I at one point I was like you know at this at the beginning of my career here because you know maybe working closer with Dominique like ah Burgundy Burgundy you know everything's sort of like that. But no it is damn Oregon right. And it, and it was actually Dominique was like, no, you're in Oregon, you know. Whereas in my mind was like, no, you know. Um, and it's it was kind of silly for me to think that. And it's just the you know, it's beautiful what we do here. It's it's incredible. Uh, I think it's really world class. Um, and I, I think we should be so proud of us doing this. Um, uh, we'll see where the future goes with with, with all this because there's a lot of vines that have just been planted. Um, a lot. Um, and, and you know, it's, and, and it is, like some people, I guess, may complain or, or be worried about, you know, bigger California guys coming up here, but, um, you know, we need to take some of this <laughs> fruit, you know, and, and they do a great job, right, you know, there's not my, there's very few bad wines now, you know, like it's, it, it, there's so much competition now, everything's really, really good, um, sure, we want to always be better and, and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah. You talked about how you you had uh, sort of your, your your farming your farming practices had, had progressed pretty quickly as you were learning new things. Tell me about sort of your style of farming as you started, and what what changes you've made as you've as you've been in Oregon. Mm. Well, I think um, one of the big things that we're trying to do right now, even as we speak, is um, uh, you know. <clears throat> These hot Augusts, um, like we just came off of what, two, two days of 100 degree weather, we get these, and, and it's common, right? Um, but you know, in, in organic programs, there's a lot of sulfur usage, and, um, um, and you know, uh, I've tried dialing it back a lot, um, but we also have these warm nights. Um, you know, we have, on one side, we have, um, you know, high mildew pressure and, and stuff like that. Um, and you need to open the canopy, but you know I feel that you know we need to to, to protect these clusters a little bit more, you know, because you know it's hard. I always say it's like you know when I was in Australia, like I've never this. I'm so you know so pale, you know. My mum says, "Are you right? You, you look sick," you know, <laughs> and um, um, and it's like that with 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 grapes, you know. If you're exposed to it, you, you, your skin becomes leathery and, and you know um, and really hard. And 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 by opening up the canopies and, and too much, we um, you know the, the grapes will do the same. And they, um, you know, we had a great example in at uh, Seven Springs where we had the hang, hanging trellis, and you know they're really exposed to the mm -hmm. to the and they made very big meaty wines, and and they're good. I mean, it's not my style. I, I love the um, I love elegance and, and prettiness and all the stuff that Pinot and Chardonnay do. But um, you know, so we uh, right now I'm trying to um, determine that sweet spot of giving that enough protection and, and making sure we have enough airflow and um, and stuff like that. And, and it's not just you know, there's a lot more to consider. I think like yeasts are a big important game to it. Um, not spraying as much sulfur as what uh, you know I used to do. Um, it's uh, um, it's effective, but um, you know there's other elements of you know reduction in wine and stuff like that that I'm trying to um, you know come up in, in my own mind. Um, 
uh, when we, we planted, we planted witness tree uh, a little bit differently. So where the angle of, you know, the sun at uh, August 1st at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, so we changed it like 55, we did a few different ones, 55, 45 degrees, uh, you know, northeast and mm -hmm. try to, um, um, try to protect it a little bit more. Um, so that's one thing that um, I, I'm going. Cultivation is another one. Um, you know, you know, there's there's a few key people in industry like Mimi and um, who's, who's you know quite anti-cultivation. Um, I think there's a lot to be said there, and um, you know that's a really interesting thing. And, and especially in a year like this, gosh, I think we're going to hedge like three times this year. Um, it's an unusual June, I guess. Um, it's great for our young vines, though, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, dry grown, you know. So, um, you know, cultivation is something I, you know, I need to be better at. Um, looking at, um, you know, protecting yeast, protecting, you know, spraying less. I, I need to, uh, and and we we bought a beautiful um, sprayer that's uh, built by my university, um, and uh, um, so that technology is, is there. We did a lot of, this year we did only um, lateral removal. So, you know, we're trying to really open up the inside as, as opposed to the outside. It's a lot more expensive. Um, but then, you know, this year we had these leaves, the big leaves this year. And it's like, oh, geez, we have to take a couple of those off as well now. Um, you know, but that's the beauty of Oregon. You know, you, everything gets thrown at you and it's kind of cool to try to figure it out. And you've always got to try to be in front of that, in front of the game. Um, you know, I think there's lots of, you know, from cover crops and, um, you know, and, you know, really trying to find that balance, that trying to find that, that, that sweet spot. And, um, you know, when you have these different years, it's always so challenging, which is awesome. Um, you know, and, and now it's great in, in terms of, um, like last year was, I mean, I made some wines for, um, Double Zero, which was really cool with Leah Lafon and, um, uh, um, that, uh, that was a lot of fun actually in you know the the big pots their clay pots and and stuff but now it's it's really focusing um before i always used to say you know like we are making wine not growing grapes but now it's like okay now everything's in my hands so i need to be able to make sure um this is going to be as epic as what i can make it you know um and it's kind of cool that i was you know a lot of we sell the grapes to a lot of other growers uh winemakers and talented very talented and and previously you know um uh, so it's kind of good to learn that but now it's like 100 percent in my boat and you know trying to come up with better ways or where i failed where i where, what i think i did well with you know um you know whether it's small things like cropping levels or whether it's you know the cultivation or whether it's burning or whether you know, it's a, um, you know, a good saying is like farming is legal gambling. So it's kind of, you know, it speaks, you know, there is a bit of luck there, right? So who knows what, you know, next week's going to bring. But um, so my mindset has changed a lot on how I look um, in, in, into creating our wines, um, you know, because my, you know, I'm not a wine. I don't like to say that. And... <laughs> You know, bloody winemakers. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I, I just have so much respect for like John Thomas and like I think that creating that small, you know, where you have the whole system, you know, in your hands is, is just unique. And I know it's very rare um, here, uh, especially, you know, there's always that, that, that dynamic of the, oh, the winemaker and the vineyard manager and they catch up three times a year, right? <laughs> I hate that, and I've never been in an, in in, um, in a job like that because it's always been quite tight. But this here, it's like, 
all right guys let's hustle let's do this you know and and this is the reason why and 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 trying different things like we we'll always we always do different experiments whether it's like um you know we'll do you know a leaf pour or, or, or you know and we'll pick it separately and we'll ferment it different you know similarly so i can try to understand that um yeah it's uh um it, it's 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 become a lot more real now and uh you know before when you know you're just farming and you know you i mean everyone's if if the if the wine's amazing, it's the winemaker, right? If the, if the wines didn't go so well, it's the vineyard guy, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, and um, you know, uh, but now it's now we can now we can really start to see see this, and and I've got so many more years to try to you know figure it out and 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 to to get to where I want to be, um, um, and we, I'm so fortunate to be with you know Rick and Erica, who are the owners here, and they. You know, this is the first time I've been with a, um, a, a business that it's owned by a family, like only one family, um, and they own, you know, Black Walnut and they own Witness Tree, and um, so it's really good to have those two different things, and we're making the wine from each, and um, yeah, it's great, it's really good. Was the plan all along for you to eventually make the wines here? Was that, or that, did that sort of kind of happen naturally? At what point did you go from farmer to farmer slash winemaker? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, I've always said that. I've always wanted to do that. And there was a few opportunities that I had to have my own wine label and, and stuff like that. And, you know, at the time, it probably didn't make sense. And, and you know, the partners who I was with didn't make sense. Um, and, um, um, you know, that's exactly what I want, you know, because I, that's what I believe in, and, and that's in, in, and let's hope I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> let's just, we'll, we'll find out what the wine's there. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, uh, so w when, um, you know, there, there was some, um, some issues that came up with uh, um, the, um, the, the business partners beforehand, um, and, uh, and and they split and and um and the opportunity was when you know they sat down and said hey Ryan look you know we want you to farm our grapes and we want you to make our wine a small amount of wine and uh, <laughs> funny enough we always <laughs> um, Rick uh, uh, Miller who who he's he's just a wonderful like I just got so much respect for him he goes hey. If it's no good, we just tip it out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, right. So you have a lot of confidence in me, huh? I was like, don't forget, I have made wine, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, so that was a um, that was a turning point uh, for me, and I was like, absolutely, you know. And um, uh, and you know, working with Double Zero and uh, um, and the consultant um, Pierre Millman, oh, he was just incredible, and I hope to work with him again. Um, just a, a really very um, scientific very you know very matter of fact and I kind of like that you know um, it, you know as much as I'm sort of like ah oh, yeah you know it's very you know um, exact um, mm -hmm. and, and and I can learn learn a lot so I think uh, soon we'll start bringing him in I guess as a consultant um, but uh, you know I just right now it's it's um, where I'm really my focus right now is to showcase what this vineyard does you know and and I've you know, it, this is not going to be a big, um, you know, big style of wine, and 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 that's not what I want. I mean, that's, I, um, I want elegance, I want prettiness, I, you know, I want to really show what this vineyard does, the, the fruit expression, the tension, um, all those factors that um, that excite excite me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was very lucky, and and I guess you know, right time, um, right place. 
um, and, uh, and and working with you know really really good people right now. I'm just yeah you know, over the moon. Um, and you know and it's it's kind of interesting now being at the Black Walnut. You know being with guests um, and, and um, you know we do a, well not right now of course because of COVID but you know I do a lot of wine tasting a lot of um, uh, vineyard tours and you know we sit in the middle of the vineyard literally sit down you know and we'll drink wine and uh, in the middle um, I this is going to be the first year I bottled the rosé a while ago and, and you know um, uh, but uh, uh, you will sit with my friends' wines out in the middle of the vineyard, and, and so I can't wait to you know this time next year when it's just the wines that I made and, and some others, you know, my friends as well, so we can you know do it. I think that's just incredible having that um, that experience that uh, have, giving guests our um, undivided attention that you know you can you can walk the the vineyard with um, uh, you know. You know, whatever you want to call wine making, I hate that word, but you know, you know, and talk about life. That's what wine is about, you know, to me. I, I really love that, you know. And um, gosh, last year, I mean, I just had a, a baby boy, and God, you know, the amount of um, times that uh, you know we'd do a vineyard tour and. The, the, you know, all we would talk about is kids, or because a lot of the guests come up, they get away from their kids, and you know, and and and, and it's just about life, and then what do you do, you know, like, um, and it's it's a just great, and, and having the guests come up here and get away from life, you know, and and just, I mean, this is my office right now, it's beautiful, um, is is really unique, and and you know, so um, and giving that experience is 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 really cool, and 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 they love it, and you know, they're like, I want to buy, I want to buy. Give it, you know, and I'm like, I don't have anything to sell right now, you know. <laughs> but you know, give me your email address and, and, and we'll do it. And uh, um, so uh, the rosé is looking great. I'm really super happy with uh, with how the rosé is turning out. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it, it, it's really really cool. Tell me about getting to know the place, uh, the, the the vineyard here, and obviously you mentioned kind of re working at, at Witness Tree as well. How do you? How long does it take you to, to get to know a place? What what are you and what are you looking for as you're as you wander walking through a vineyard? Geez, you know, I, I I'd love to think I know the place, you know, um, and, and I feel I, I feel you know I feel really attached to it. Um, there is a weird connection there. I, I I think there is something, but you know, like I said before, you, you know, there when you when you're with a vineyard for 20 years or something like that is that is special. That's that's really really cool. So in the in the short stages here, I, you know, I look, you know, from leaf, leaf size, leaf color, leaf, um, you know, how it's growing, um, uh, you know, that's early stages, how vigorous, not vigorous, um, what I need to do um, to make those changes or whatever, cluster size, you know, um, there's not much you can do about, uh, do about that. This year's kind of, um, it could be really, really interesting. There's some funky looking clusters uh, throughout the valley, but I think they could, I always like thinking that, um, you know, the years like this, they're just gonna have a, a lot of personality in the wines. And, and, and that's another element to what I'd like to be able to give uh, for our wines. Um, you know, there's, uh, unfortunately, probably for my wife more so, is that like, <laughs> so many times, you know, I'd be in the kitchen, right? And uh, she's like, you're not even listening to me. <laughs> and she is the best person in the world and love her to pieces. But sometimes I just tune out because I'm always thinking about like, oh, you know, like this, what can I do here differently? What next year? What, what should I have done, you know? 
Um, I'm probably a bit too attached to the vineyards, um, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I think maybe a lot of people could say. Um, so that's uh, um, uh, a learning, learning, you know, as, as we go. Uh, um, you know, I feel good where we are now, but I know, you know, time and experience and, um, and, and having more people to critique uh, friends, and which we all do, we're so sometimes brutally honest, which is the best thing. Um, that's great. Um, we'll see. We'll see in in, in the future, and, and hopefully, um, it expresses in all the wines that um, we make. So now that you are the you are doing both ends of things, managing the vines and, and making the wine, what is it about each role that sort of feeds the other role for you in terms of like you, you want to make wines that are a certain way? So what do you mm -hmm. do in the vineyard to make sure that the wines you make? Are that way, yeah. and, and sort of vice versa. Like, how does the whole cycle work for you now that you're in charge of both? Yeah, I mean that's um, <clears throat> that's a great, great question, and, and that's something that um, plays in my mind a lot, um, uh, especially now when we're soon to go through ripening. Um, you know, like the first thing, uh, you know, like um, you know, elegance. I, I just love pretty wines. You know, I, I really do. I like, uh, you know, um, I love it to go with food. Um, you know, it's one thing. Um, Chase Williams, our, our chef here, is um, uh, like we're just great mates, and we think very similarly. You know, and um, and you know, from acidity in wines, and and you know, um, expression, and and how it pairs together. Um, so you know, we. <laughs> I can't make big wines out of here. I can't do anything. So I really respect the vineyard because that's my that's my roots, right? My roots is to really respect the vineyard, and and I and and so, you know, with that and with hot days and and you know warm night and, and stuff like that, and you know less sulfur, and you know I really want to protect those clusters a bit more. Every year, maybe. Um, more and more so, so you know the you know so we just have that beautiful um, fresh fruit as opposed to that leathery skin that you know like I was saying before, um, because that's you know that from that plays a number from color from that's you know that's where all the, all the good stuff is right, mm -hmm. um, you know tannins and um, you know I, I feel in length in wines and um, you know we had an interesting thing of like you know from. Um, you know, because acidity is quite high, I feel, in, 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 in Oregon, you know, from volcanic soils. So, you know, um, there is some research uh, with Pierre Millman that, uh, you know, removing, you know, basil leaves and stuff like that and at specific times will change these things because, you know, obviously, you know, acidity in wine is really important from, you know, sulfur levels and um, longevity of the wines and, and stuff like that. So, um, so all those things play on my mind um, and you know not to mention um, picking times and um, uh, you, you know how to treat treat that um, so it's it's fresh it's beautiful it, it's um, you know I, I want electricity in the wine you know that's why you know I, I, I love that um, now mind you that you know in order to to do that hopefully you know we can put them away for a while right um, because that's another thing that is hard for, for me in my small little brain is, you know, we drink wines way too young. And, um, but, you know, this is America or the, the, the West, right? And it's like, go, you know, we want to, you know. Um, so, um, so, yeah, there is a fine, there is that level of, because I know that they're going to be drunk and they're going to be sold. I assume we, we only make 500 cases this year. Mm -hmm. 
um, and this year we might jump up a little bit more but um, you know then when we go into the winery you know I, I really want to respect everything that we've accomplished in that vineyard you know um, whether I think it was good I mean it is what it is at harvest and we've tried everything to do to get where we need to be where I think we need to be and so I don't want to go into the winery and just you know you know I don't want heavy oaks I don't want um, I don't want to you know punch down it's all pump everything's pump over very elegant very long very um, uh, very delicate, very clean too, you know, um, it's kind of funny like you show the winery here, it's a little garage, right, it literally is a garage, but um, you know, insulated, climate control, all I need, um, you know, so, you know, that's sitting at like 53 degrees right now, it's beautiful, it's great, um, and it's so clean in there, you, you know, the, so those are the things I, I really want to respect and, and, um, and try to and make that wine um, to the best designer and I, I'm going to get better at that you know I, I need to you know I need to get stronger my winemaking skills for sure um, but uh, um, you know I think there's a lot to be said of, of what the vineyard actually is mm -hmm. um, and, and, and working with what you've got and and you know using what your knowledge and, and a lot of a lot of the basics um, to winemaking um, so yeah, that's it's. There's a lot in, in it, you know, and there's a, and I love the pressure. Don't get me wrong, I chain, you know, I'm the worst to criticise myself every time. I, I should stop probably doing that so much, but it makes me hopefully better. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, the, it, full circle is great, and having every little. Uh, Every little bit of control and stuff like that is just really good because it's all in your hands, mm -hmm. um, and and that's and that's hard to find these days. Do you feel you're at the point in the development where if you if you taste something in in the cellar, you can trace it back to something in the vineyard, or if you see something in the vineyard, you can trace it forward to something in the cellar? Do you feel like you can make those kinds of changes and and you have the ability to to kind of tweak for the next season? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I'm at that that level now where um, um, that I can think I can understand you know those those certain tweaks um, uh, in, in that we did in the vineyard that um, will go that I can see in the wine. Um, you know, I, I'm spending a lot more time um, uh, pulling samples and. Uh, <laughs> So I pull samples and then I, I, I just throw out, you know, like um, a number for it. So everything's random. So, and, and uh, you know, and every time I, it's, it's interesting to see like, oh, I think that's that wine. I think that's, that's why. And, and by doing it that way, it's kind of like, yeah, these are, this is, uh, is Richard. It's got that more length, you know, and, and maybe um, I, I was thinking maybe I undercropped that. Maybe, um, maybe I should have had a, more, more cropping levels or, or, um, you know, um, this, this vineyard doesn't have any stress um, that I can see, and, and even now it looks beautiful, too beautiful sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes picking times it would be a, would, is a more is a simpler one only because you can use numbers to work that out. Mm -hmm. uh, last year didn't really give us anything. It's like, well, we got to chapterize. We ain't going to get <laughs> to 13% here. Um, so that was kind of a hard one to, to, to do, but um, I, yeah, I, I feel that I can um, um, look into the wines as I taste and sort of see, ah, I should have done this, I should have done that, um, or this is good, we should, you know, amplify, we should do this again. Um, 
um, you know, and, and um, you know, I think next year I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to cultivate uh, this vineyard, um, you know, and and I want um, you know I want more uh, I want more expression from tannin profile um, uh, for that. Um, so um, I think this vineyard is is uh, in warm years. This is just does fantastic. Um, it really does, and and I think that's the trend. I mean, I, I mean maybe we're all global warming, global. I mean things are happening, right? Um, June was different, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But I think that's the trend, and so you know I need to adapt to that um, to calibrate as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a, um, it's definitely one that plays with you a lot. Uh, Sometimes too much. My wife will kill me at one point. <laughs> You're not listening to me. <laughs> Sorry, it's, I am, but <laughs> so like, yeah. the, like the vineyard is mistress kind of thing. Yeah. Say, yeah, 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 exactly. What, what about a year like last year? You talked about last year being being different. Uh, you coming off a string of a fairly similar hot, dry years. Suddenly, you have a 2019. Mm. So. What are the adjustments you had to make last year, and and and, and did they work? How how did they how did you handle it? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think last year um, was a, a like it was a year that was you know um, well we planted um, you know 144,000 vines, so it was kind of uh, that last year was kind of good for it, right? It was um, we it was you know we had some rainfall and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think. Uh, um, you know, we, you know, um, I think I shouldn't have cultivated this year. I mean, this is just a really wet year, you know, but again, it's legal gambling. Um, but I know these vines can, um, I know these vines can do, go really well. And um, so I think uh, my cultivation um, plan needs to um, be sharper. And we do, we do a lot of um, like, you know, we, um, when we prune, and, and we know these areas that um, need more or less, whatever, and we cultivate that little bit, and it could only be 10 feet or whatever, right? We need to be more precise like that. Um, so, you know, we really need to take it from, you know, we, we do those panel, like a panel, but, you know, even the vine to vine really thing. And I mean, we're small enough that we can do it um, and, and try to get better. And, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, cultivation, I think, is a big one. I think, um, you know, this year, um, you know, I've had some um, growers say, ah, oh, the wines are a little bit reductive, you know, and, and I love reduction. Um, you know, Pinot, yeah, in my Chardonnay's for sure, don't worry, yeah. Um, but for the Pinot and stuff like that, I understand, you know, and sometimes it can be the vintage, sometimes it can be the grower, sometimes, so, you know, and so I've really toned down a lot of my sprays, and then this year, it's, uh, it's, it's some good powdery mildew, you know, weather right now, like, and, you know, there's not a lick of sulfur out there for a, for a long, long time, and, um, you know, so, but, you know, we're using other stuff to, um, to try to do that, so that's, that's another element that um, we're bringing on this year um, uh, to, to do. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned witness tree. Uh, tell me about that about that project and, and sort of uh, is it starting from scratch or are you adding on to it? What is what is witness tree going to look like? Yeah, witness tree um, is uh, is is uh, a very. I mean, geez, considering like I moved to Oregon because of the next door neighbor, Christum, 
and it's kind of ironic how everything comes back and now I'm like oh well <laughs> you know um, and you know being spending a lot of time in the Yola Amities is uh, and is 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 great and so it's very special to me out there it was really sad so when we um, I purchased it in 2016 um, the transaction took a long time and you know it, uh, it finished I think we ended up getting it in uh, July maybe I can't remember and we had beautiful old vines were you know planted in 82 84 83 um, and uh, it was phylloxera and so you know I was like look guys I mean we might as well pick this you know it's too late in the season um, you know like because because I knew the, the vines were pretty weak and sad and the, you know and then we, I think we averaged like 0.6 tons per acre and I was like yeah um, you know this is this is beautiful and unfortunately at Seven Springs we did the same like it, it's it's sad pulling out this Oregon history and especially as a bloody Australian you know it's like you well I'm sorry but you know it doesn't make any financial sense um, so yeah we um, we pulled out um, uh, 50 acres we pulled out 50 acres of, of um, old vines um, that cropped um, yeah terrible um, but you know that was funny there's some dolcetto there's some really interesting varieties out there um, but the great thing is is that now you know we we start all over again you know we did a lot of work on that soil we did a lot of you know we put down that lower area we from drain tiles you know so we you know because we that um, you know being that low elevation we you know we want to be able to get the best out of it as we can um, so we, we did a lot of uh, a lot of improvements um, and planted you know two meters um, and like I said, row orientation, you know, from 45, you know, 55 to try to play around with some things. Um, and then going up the top um, in the sweet spot is just, it's going to be really exciting. Even some of that, that lower stuff is, is, is great. Um, we built another winery um, uh, there as well. So there's two facilities. Now we got uh, no tenants in there right now. We, we had and, 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 and moved on. That was part of the breakup with, um, with a lot of things. Um, but you know, I think there's the the potential that we have there. Um, we've got some people, you know, very interested in COVID. Certainly, done some uh, some interesting things, and and you know, we want to be sure we get the right partners. But I see that being a hub for young winemakers that um, you know, because uh, it is quite expensive, you know, to make wine, and you know, there's so many expenses to make it, and then you know, to get your the money back a couple of years after you've made it and you spend and then you keep make, you know, spending money on the current year and it's there's a lot so I, I really I, I see that being such a, a young entrepreneur kind of um, uh, young people making great wines you know hopefully you know from the, the from the fruit that we farm and everything's in how you know everything's close with great connection um, um, so that's where I see that side of things. We've got a lot more development to go. I think we're going to plant another five acres and that. But I think in total we can get that vineyard to 70, 72, 73 acres or something like that. Um, but you know, right now it's it's also you know I'm, we're in no rush to, to plant that. We really want to um, you know do the right thing out there. Um, you know, there's we've got some talks of like a, a cool glass house up the top, or like you know just no power maybe some water you know just something that's just a cool tasting room of some sort um, that people can use and uh, i mean you know rick and erica this is the epicenter the black walnut you know this is um this is this is where they come to you know to relax and 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 be um uh with their current stressful jobs and 
So um, yeah, I see I see huge potential in in Witness Street, and uh, next year we'll start putting fruit uh, on all those young vines that are now uh, they grew they they grew pretty well this year. Uh, <laughs> so whoa, um, so that's that's exciting to see. Um, but uh, that's yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. You described to me that you would you kind of like went through and picked the fruit off in the morning and then tore the vines out in the afternoon on some of those. That's that must be it must be an interesting process to do that kind of yeah visual. yeah yeah that was um yeah that was funny because it was like um you know the you know there wasn't a lot of fruit we finished harvest pretty quick so we literally um because uh, we needed to rip and disc we needed to pull everything out before the wet season came in. So, you know, I think I can't remember, we probably picked that, you know, first week of September, maybe August even, I think in 16, I can't remember. But um, uh, yeah, we, we picked it and then that, um, and uh, we, with the tote trailers on the back and then sent that into the winery, disconnected the trailers, put chains on the back of the, uh, uh, two chains on the back of the tractor and then just pulled them out one by one. It was, it was sad, like, it really was, because, like, you know, um, great history behind um, the witness tree. Um, you know, as, like, many other places in, in Oregon that, unfortunately, got has phylloxera. Um, but it's also cool to, to put your fingerprint on something that's going to be new and, you know, and hope some little prick Australian doesn't rip yours out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um... So obviously, uh, a lot of things just getting started for you. Just started, just started with the winemaking project here. You have Witness yep. Tree kind of coming on board with fruit. Yep. What do you see as you look ahead for, for yourself and for, for your various projects, uh, say five, ten years into the future? What, what are kind of your hopes for the, the next steps? Jeez, you know, like so much has changed in, in, in five, ten years already. And, um, um, you know, I think, we're, I think we're really lucky to have um, um, the inn here. Um, and have that you know that personal connection that experience I really I really like I think that's something to be said I think there's um, you know there's a, we need to change ways to sell wine and, um, and and it's not you know we need people to come here to have have these great experiences whether you're with Chase in the uh, in the kitchen myself in the vineyard and, and often Chase and I do all these things together mm -hmm. so you know I think that uh, you know I, I I really think that um, having more of a, a closer connection and because we only make a small amount of wine, right? And, and I'm lucky enough to choose it from what I think the best vineyards, the uh, best, you know, locations are. So, of course, with that, you know, um, I want to increase, you know, our production. I, I want to get us, you know, to about that thousand case area. Um, you know, in 10 years, who knows what 10 years is going to, that's just, oh my God. I mean, I've only been here 11, I think now. Um, but that's, that is a very, very interesting, um, way of, of, um, having that, uh, um, you know, having guests already on, in your vineyard, mm -hmm. um, and, and doing these and doing these and from vineyard tours and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think. You see how you know COVID plans out and stuff like that, but um, you know I think there's there's room for um, um, you know entry level uh, wines that we can share in restaurants, and um, I think that would be kind of cool. But you know, it's you know I don't want to you know I hate using the word cult. You know I, I don't know if there is a, a cult for for Ari. I mean there's some fantastic people and and wineries and stuff like that. But I, I don't, I don't see, 
Um, I don't see that being a, a, an Oregon thing because I just Oregon yeah, Oregonians are too nice, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, we, I want to build up that loyalty. I want to, you know, so people can come back here and experience it and come back, bring friends, and um, so there's a lot to it. It's not just winemaking. It's not just vineyard um, anymore, you know. Um, it's a lot more to that, and and it's and and I think COVID for sure has is is opened our eyes to a lot more different things mm -hmm. um, and and ways to um, to get around that and 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 ways to you know create loyalty and um, I mean that's a, that's a how I mean you know um, we've I've had several conversations about you know like from millennials which uh, I guess I fall into that category I guess but I'm kind of an old school I guess but you know we're not really loyal and 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 we our our um, our, our you know we move on to the next thing too fast. And I think a big part of that is, um, you know, we just didn't get that, we didn't get that ingrained. That didn't, we didn't get that proper experience and, and stuff like that. So, you know, like by meeting the chef and, and wine making tea and, and, and being lit, sleeping here and, and, you know, waking up and there's our ugly face, you know, it's kind of cool, you know, and, um, um, you know, so that, and then that's uh, and, and generating that people that people will, people will come back and know this will be a great, friendly, amazing place to get away to, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and of course you know and showing our wines and selling our wines and um, um, and then for them take those wines home and you know we've got a lot of work to do on on how to structurally um, uh, do that, but. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more to it now. I think a lot more, and even at a thousand cases, I mean, you know, we build slow, um, uh, and yeah. You brought up COVID a couple of times. Obviously, we're we're still dealing with all the effects and, and a kind of an uncertain future. Uh, how has COVID affected business here and kind of your your day to day life, and, and has it affected your view of the future at, at all? Um, I think, you know, it, it's really sad. I mean, we're, you know, um, you know, we're fortunate um, that uh, um, this place is, is, is um, that the inn, you know, is, um, Rick and Erica are just bloody, just great, great people. And, you know, they, um, in fact, um, as all this happened and, and, you know, we couldn't have any guests, you know, they still, you know, paid for, for, um, uh, for you know the the kitchen team cleaning team and and stuff like that and and that's not that's so rare right so you know i i personally don't know the full extent and the hardship of what uh, other people were going through and, and I, i'm only dealing with a lot of my you know friends who are mm -hmm. and you know <clears throat> you know there a lot of people they're backing out of from fruit um you know they're they're preparing maybe not for the worst but they're trying to be safe and how can you be safe you know um, it's hard to uh, it's hard to really figure out because it, it, it's the, like the industry is you know okay we pick in you know September October well, the, the wine's not going to be released for another couple of years so it's like really hard to forecast all this right mm -hmm. and where it's going to go um, you know so I think um, it's it, it is really hard um, for a lot of the small guys and and that's why I probably got a really uh, soft uh, soft spot for trying to push like a, um, uh, a small entrepreneur like kind of thing at witness tree like young guys and uh, girls of course um, to 
make their wines um, there in their small parcels, you know, have a beautiful tasting room, something like that, that that's, you know, it's a destination. Um, you know, I, I, I find, I mean, my previous job and that there was a lot of restaurant sales and, and gosh, you know, now what, you know, like, um, uh, you know, and then the three-tiered system in Oregon, the wine um, sales is just, I hope that changes, but gosh, it's like, alcohol is like the, it's 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 such a strange i don't understand it here in america that's one thing i don't understand it's like alcohol is forbidden you know we can't it's so regulated it's the most regulated thing in this world in this country i feel like um so you know i think um you know doing different things um like we have to think so differently i mean so many people are doing um, you know the online you know winemaker to you know whatever which is great we've got to think differently like that you know mm -hmm. um, that's why I feel you know doing stuff out here and um, uh, is going to change but you know we all got hit pretty hard in, in the end you know there was no one here um, but uh, um, yeah I mean um, we'll see see how hopefully this hopefully this thing you know burns out soon gosh it's 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 really really challenging, and I, and I just uh, you know I just encourage like anyone to you know buy wines, buy straight direct, you know like help, um, uh, you know um, yeah. So it, it's it's a hard one. It's a, it really is, and I don't know what the future is. I, I don't have that understanding of it yet to see, um, but uh, you know it, it's it's a good chance that um, there's going to be a lot of fruit in the market next year. And where's that going to go? Um, so that's, you know, on that side, but because people got to protect themselves. And then for those who are um, decreasing significantly their volume because, you know, it's all about, it's so expensive to make wine, you know, in a couple of years, like if all this is all sorted out, then, you know, it takes years to build that back up. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, hopefully there are going to be different avenues that we come up with creatively um, that, um, you know, increase more of a direct sale. So we, you know, capitalize on that. And hopefully more people come out here. Hopefully, you know, um, uh, you know, that's where you get those direct sales. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a lot of the reasons that you were attracted to Oregon, and you also mentioned that there was a lot of a lot of potential and a lot of maybe undercapitalization here. Mm. I'm curious if that has changed since you since you started. How, what what the differences in the industry are from your entry into it to now, mm -hmm. and, and as you look ahead, uh, what, yeah. what changes are coming? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I have been really fortunate um, to, um, to to work with people who can capitalise things. Uh, it took a lot of uh, persuasion, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a persuasive guy, but I was like, I, I, if anything, I could just get too angry. I'm like, you're kidding me, you know? You're crazy, you know? Um, so, so you know, since the the few companies um, that I worked with before, we you know, and and to where we are now. In actual matter of fact, I actually bought the sprayer <laughs> from the previous from Eveningland. So <laughs> it's coming full circle again. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you know, um, we need to capitalize. I, there is, you know, there is a labour shortage. Um, uh, there, there is immigration issues, um, and that's a, that's another topic that I'm pretty sensitive about. <laughs> but um, uh, then, you know, we need uh, yeah, we need to be better at, at our jobs. We need to, um, you know, 
you know, like I said, you know, you, we've got so much, you know, handwork in the in, in the vineyard, and whether that's even going to be available soon, um, we need to find people. I, I it, it is interesting, like, because I've changed my mind a lot on how, like, so when I first started just farming vineyards, I was like, why aren't you spending more money in the vineyard? This is crazy, you know. <laughs> and it started making a little bit of wine. Ah, uh, yeah, you should make, you, you need to spend money in the the winery, you know, and stuff like that. And then you start working with marketing and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, no, that's where the money goes. <laughs> but, you know, we are in that spot. And, and Australia is such a great example because, like, we, we really, our minimum wage, gosh, I think now, uh, I mean, to put anyone in is, is, geez, I think it's 30 odd bucks an hour. Like, you know, God knows what tractor drivers and stuff like that. That's just, like, how do you translate? How do you put that? Uh, that farming costs and, and stuff like that and still have the quality and still have all the pressures of, of what Oregon has, you know, and try to make sense of it into a bottle that, you know, and, and then you have that three-tiered system, you know, so it goes, it's a, it's a, um, it's a full circle mm -hmm. thing there. But um, um, using uh, better equipment is, is what we need, but also Oregon's hard, like, you know, I was with a guy today and they bought a, you know, German um, uh, uh, hedger and it's broken down and you can't even get any parts for six, seven weeks and it has to be shipped here. Like, it, uh, we're too small, you know, and so, but we need, we need, um, you know, people, we need um, companies that, you know, we have things in stock to, to be able to, if we go this route of, um, um, you know, more technology and, and stuff like that, um, because you know you break down and that's it. We're, I'm fortunate enough that um, we can get by a great mechanic, Jorge and you know Rocky, and they're just just amazing, 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 best people. Um, so smart. Um, so yeah, we um, doing that is is, is vital. I think mm -hmm. um, you know um, I'm a big believer, and in, in, um, I don't know if it's a secret because I don't know if I'm doing any good, but. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in, in you know, in paying people really well, you know, like, and sure, this isn't, it's not my money, but I've been able to um, put that uh, in front of, you know, and I've always, I've always been like that, that's, because you know what, I, I just, there's, there's a problem in my mind of, of how things are treated, um, people were treated and stuff like that, and the potential like that we have, you know, and, you know, like our guy, our crew, my crew, I feel like is the best. I just sincerely just think they are the best and, and they get paid really well. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, they'll do things so much faster and better than anyone else. So at the end of the day, you know, like, so, but I understand on, you know, when, you know, when we're just selling grapes and stuff like that, there's hardly any money in this, in this industry. So it's hard to do that. So, you know, there's kind of a, there's a double-edged sword there at some level, um, you know, trying to capitalize, trying to, you know, get better equipment and stuff like that, but you need better drivers, but you need to invest. You need to invest in your people and, um, and that's, and that's a hard one for farming. I mean, I know that from oranges and that, I mean, geez, we nearly went broke, you know, like, in, in, in my home, we, we bulldozed 40% of our property to keep 60 alive. We didn't harvest, you know, that's because of a drought and stuff like that. So, you know, I know the, the you know, the, the challenges that you have with that, but um, um, those are the issues, uh, I think, that we, we have. Um, and, um, but I think once we can get over that, I think we're going to be, uh, this can be really good, you know, um, really good. And hopefully we can produce wines that, uh, I mean, we need those expensive wines because I think they're worth it, to be honest. And we also need those entry-level wines, but we need to be able to do it financially affordable, you know.
Um, and we've got a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of grapes. Okay. Um, so, if someone were to come to you and, and, and say they were interested in getting into the Oregon wine industry, whether in a viticulture way or winemaking way or for hospitality, what would your words of wisdom to them be? Oh, gosh, I I'm too young to have any wisdom. <laughs> I, need a, I need someone to give me wisdom. <laughs> um, uh, gosh. Um, be dedicated. Own it. Don't be a renter. Own it. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, w we work incredibly hard. Um, um, probably too much. But I think maybe because, you know, now, now I, get, I have um, a little baby boy, um, I'm trying to find balance. And uh, it's kind of, I feel, you know, I, I feel that, I feel that when, when you're in the vineyard and you feel good, this kind, this kind of sounds a bit crazy, and maybe this is biodynamics a little bit. Um, but I feel that when you and the crew and everyone is feeling good and, and you're balanced and you're having your days off and you're doing this, um, it reflects onto the grapes. And, it, and it's weird, I know, this sounds, sounds kind of, I, 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 I can't believe it. Well, I really do believe it. Um, and so there is this element of working hard and, and um, owning it and being driven. Um, um, don't worry about anyone else. Eh, you know, don't worry. I mean, help everyone you can, like, as much as you can. Um, be connected. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, own those vineyards. Own the, that's, uh, you know, understand those and try to, Try to figure it out. Don't be, don't be sh afraid of messing up. You know, it, it's gonna be fine. Um, it's gonna be. We, you know, we, you know, if, if you, you know, you, everyone's smarter. They have enough. Uh, if you have that drive, you don't have to be smart. If you see, look at me. Um, but I think that's a big part of it. Uh, um, you know, and uh, um, um, yeah, is uh, um, is doing it. And don't, you know, don't think of. Uh, of uh, don't think of just the vines. Don't think of just the wine. Think of the whole thing together with people. You know, like um, uh, how to. You know, you got to sell these wines. You got to own these wines. You got to make. You, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be like when we're sitting down and having you know a glass of wine, and you know the idea is for you to buy the wine. I want you to know who I am. I want you to know the whole global thing. And don't think so limited. Um, and. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a it's a hard question because I'm you know, I uh, um, you know I've got so much to learn myself. But uh, you know, I don't think I would have um, be sitting here today. You know, for um, if I wasn't so driven and so um, competitive with myself, um, that's for sure. I sound like a crazy man now. <laughs> it's a lot of good advice for someone who doesn't have any good advice to give. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good area. It's it's beautiful. One last question for you, and yeah. something you brought up a little bit earlier that I want to kind of expand on a little philosophical for you. So you, you talked uh -oh. about what wine kind of means to you uh, yeah. as like a way to talk about life. So uh, is that we we like to ask what wine's role in a society is? Is that what wine's role in a society is to you? It's just kind you know, of, in a sorry, you know, wine's role in society. 
Um, I drink wines like that. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, like, you know, I, um, in the last couple of years, I've drinking more cocktails these days, you know, <laughs> probably because I need them. But when I drink wines, you know, like, I think it's, I think it's, for me, it's, you can really see the personalities in there, you know, you really, um, um, Man, maybe that's why I got into this industry because you can sort of see that final product and you can see all the intricacies along the way, you know. Um, um, and and um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. But I, I mean, you know, I think one of the problems that maybe we do is, is we, try, we analyze the wines too much. God, I remember used to go on so many dinners and stuff like that and we sit there and we swirl the damn glass and you know, shit, I was in, I was in, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, but that's not wine, you know, that's not, that's not, you know, I, I want to sit down and I want to drink a glass of wine with you and just talk, just family life, all the, the, the great things, that's what it's really meant for, and, and um, um, and, and, you, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, gosh, I just, just had a flashback of, like, when you just go into the hole, you just zone in on this wine and then you finish the bottle and then you just bagged it. And, but it was a fantastic bottle of wine. Oh, this, that sucks, you know. <laughs> Drink it and, 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 um, and, and, you know, try to understand the story. I mean, that's really cool. And one of the great things in Pacific Northwest too is, uh, and cooler climates, is, is that, you know, it's like the vintages are so different and, and that's kind of cool in its, its own. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, that's fun. It, it is really fun when 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 you do that. Um, that's what I love about the wine, and and you know, and and talking, you know, this wine is this, this, and but not too much, <laughs> not too much. Just enjoy the bloody thing, and 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 talk to your, you know, talk to your person that you're with, entertain and and um, have fun. Um, is that kind of a <laughs> perfect? So that's all the questions we have for you. Is there anything mm. I, I didn't ask that I should have? Anything we didn't cover today that we should have covered? Gosh, no. I mean, I, I didn't know what to um, what to expect, but uh, um, no. I, I you know I, I I think I've said it. I think it's very clear how how much I believe in Oregon. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we moved everything. We moved everything. We sold our car. Our car, like we're like shit. We don't have much money here. And we saw a car on the last day. My parents had to take the, the money and, and uh, from the, the guy who bought it in Australia. <laughs> you know, so we're all in, you know. Um, and uh, God, I would never look back, you know. Uh, it's, it, it, it is such a great, great, great band. And the people were just fantastic. Like, it really is a special place in this world. And, um, uh, and, and I think we've got so much more, more to go and we can all learn a lot more and, and um, and really take out a lot uh, of this. Um, I need to get this COVID thing out of the way. Jeez, Louise. Um, but it really is a. It's it's special. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, and we could talk about immigration and stuff like that, but I don't want to. Okay, next, next time. Next time, next right? Time, next time. <laughs> focus, yeah. focus interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't let me go. Shit, lucky I've only got coffee here and not a bloody, yeah. not a whiskey sour. So we're, doing before, so we're doing before noon, so it's more likely. Yeah, exactly. Well, you never know. We've been up since like three. <laughs>
Uh, well, thank you so much for no, your time, time you. today, for sharing your stories and your thoughts. Uh, yeah. We'll go ahead and let you off the hook. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. Special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have assisted on our oral history interviews.